Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today and we're continuing our series on when life happens and today I'm joined with Lainey Smith. She is a registered art therapist and vitality coach in Arizona and around the world, I guess you could say since you work online. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. So I invited Lainey because we wanted to talk about burnout and how our businesses can burn the candle at both ends and what do we do with that um so why don't you share your story about starting your practice and what that was like for you yeah yeah so starting my practice was um a little bit bumpy because i was coming into it not with the um i guess the most solid foundation I was um, relatively early in my career and um, just getting my art therapy certification. And as we've discussed before, there were some licensure issues. So it kind of um, propelled me to open my practice sooner than I had anticipated. And as a result, I didn't necessarily feel like I had everything I needed. And ultimately, that's how I you know, ended up with Zinimi is because I really was like, whoa, okay, in over my head, going to have to figure this stuff out. And um, at the same time, I would say that I didn't even use Zinimi as much as I could have because of just starting in that place of overwhelm, you know, in the very beginning. And ultimately it did, like I, the program helped me immensely get started and even continue to grow. But in the meantime, I kind of put those resources on the back burner and I was just in hustle. You know, I was just doing all the things and it felt like I was doing them all the time Mm. and I didn't have, um, a ton of faith that it was going to, um, you know, continue if I didn't do all those things. So because I was fresh, you know, kind of, um, early in my career, I really felt like I didn't want to say no to anything. Mm. I wanted to experience it, you know, like I was still, I was still new to the, to the business. I was still new to my um, career. And so lots of opportunities came up and I was, I was trying to do them all. So not only the private practice, but also contract work and speaking and social media. I mean, like all the things, all the things. (laughs) Okay. Walk me through a typical day of hustle. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was, um, I guess I was smart enough to at least try to compartmentalize my hustle. You know, like I had, (laughs) I had days of, um, doing contract work and then I had days of doing private practice and, um, the contract work just kept growing and growing. And there's this huge need in the community where I am for art therapy. Um, and so, uh, I saw that need, but there was only one of me. Um, and so I was, you know, just trying to keep up really and not listening to, okay, what do I really want? 
what do I really want for my business? And so it could be, you know, waking up and doing email and doing social media and I don't know, designing. I'm thinking back to the very beginning and I was designing memes and flyers and like just all the technology piece that was so new to me. That part was really probably what uh, burnt me out the most. How much do you think you were working a week? Like, how, um, were you working a 40-hour week or were you working maybe more than that? Or? I was probably working, um, it's a good question. I was probably working somewhere around 40. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is um, and, and part of my story too that we didn't really speak to is that I have autoimmune conditions. So mm -hmm. I needed to be pacing myself regardless. Um, so there's, you know, there's one thing to, to be working 40 to 60 hours in perfect health. And there's another thing to be working 40 to 60 hours when you're having health issues too. Well, I would also argue <laughs> that the work of therapy, because of the intensity, um, it's like 20 hours of therapy is like 40 hours of work. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, that kind of work the energy required mm -hmm. counts more <laughs> in, oh, my, sure. in my experience. So like there's the literal hours worked, but then there's the felt hours worked. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Because, um, you know, and that's the other thing is that I was, uh, again, I just didn't want to say no to very much. I, I really, I wanted to be able to experience everything before I could say, no, I don't really want to do that. You know, there, I was still early enough in my career that everything sounded fun and I wanted an opportunity, but some of that contract work I was doing was with, you know, really intense patients, trauma work and eating disorder, you know, art therapy with substance. Mm -hmm. And so those were, you know, maybe a couple days a week. And then my private practice was filling up. I mean, I was, I was getting to capacity um, and yeah, so as far as how many hours I was working, I was definitely working too many. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And because I think there's also the administrative pieces too. Right. I think there's also that aspect of some people sign up to be a contractor and in reality thinking like, I just will show up and do the work, but you, you, it's still part of your, it's an arm of your business and it's sure. still something you have to manage. And Oh, totally. Yeah. Because I, because, well, I mean, the contract work started out one hour, mm -hmm. one group, like not a big deal. Right. I can do right. that. Uh -huh. my practice. What's one hour. Uh huh. That contract turned into like a third of my income with maybe 15 hours. Um, Whoa. you know, yeah, I mean, it grew and, and I ended up hiring people to, to do the work. Mm. I was like, okay, the community need for art therapy is way bigger than Lainey Smith. Like I <laughs> all of this and, and it's ongoing, you know, it's still, there's just a really big need for that. And it's great because we've been able to bring together a community of mm. expressive arts therapists. And that's been huge because, you know, in burnout, you need community Mm -hmm. And uh, private practice can get pretty isolating if you're so busy working that you're not prioritizing that community. Do you mind me asking, did, did you have your autoimmune condition prior to private practice? 
I did actually part of the reason I went into private practice was because of my diagnosis. Yeah. Because I thought, okay, I really want to create a lifestyle for myself that is, you know, not community agency work, but isn't it great how I brought that that with me? Yeah. I was going to say, so what do you think happened? Do you think it's part, I I totally get the, maybe I don't know what I want. I'm going to say yes until, but then do you think part of it was fear of missing out? Do you think part of it was just, were you, yeah, was there scarcity or were you just trying to figure out what you wanted? What happened to how you were taking care, like what you desired for taking better care of yourself? How did that go out the window? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there was fear, um, old stories, old patterns, you know, familial baggage to be sorted through because uh, there was this part of me that like, uh, again, didn't want to say no to the need in the community. And yet I was, it was eating away from the time was eating away from the things that really, you know, just make my soul dance and the things Mm. that just make me want to, you know, shout from the rooftops. And so I kept, I kept, I kept bookmarking that like, Oh, I, I'm, I'm young. I can keep, I can do that later. I can do that later. You know, I'll have time eventually. And yeah. And, and eventually, I mean, everything else just kept crowding out, you know, how'd you know you're burning out? Um, good question. Cause it was kind of like a slow, gradual thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that, um, I think that I really saw the writing on the wall when I couldn't enjoy parts of my life, like the personal parts of my life as much as I once had, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I just need more rest. I, I just want to, you know, instead of going out and doing something that would have been really rewarding, usually it's like, I'm just going to use this time to rest or I need more downtime. And it just, it it started to become a pattern where I'm not doing the things that I really enjoy doing because of how much energy I'm putting into the parts that are not as fueling for me. Cause all you had left was time to just recover. Right. Yeah. How long did that go on for you think? Um, Well, I mean, I was pretty quick to, you know, like, oh, I can't stay here. This is not going to work because, um, one, I was seeing a lot of therapists in my practice and a lot of helping professionals. Like when I started my first support group, I attracted a lot of other helpers. And so I didn't want to be the, I mean, I felt like an imposter if I wasn't Mm. contending to this burnout cycle while trying to help other people. Like I had to nip that in the bud pretty quick. Um, so I, I would say, um, you know, probably a few months, I really, Mm -hmm. I was like letting it go. Like that is, I have to say, I'm so glad you did it sooner than later, like dealing with it. Cause I imagine in working with your clients, they were burned out for a long time. I mean, you and I both see that in therapists. Sure. Sure. What other things do you see in people you've worked with in terms of signs of burnout? Well, I mean, it's just a really short fuse in a lot of ways. You know, the things that are small become really big. 
in terms of our reactions to it. You know, like the perspective just isn't there. Um, also, you know, like, like in my situation, just being really, really tired, you know, just exhausted and fatigued. Um, what I see too is like the burnout cycle where people hustle, 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 then collapse. And then in that recovery period, they start to feel better. And then they dive in and tackle all the things again, Ooh. you know, so then it's like not necessarily um, dealing with the root issue there. Um, they're just resting long enough and then going back at it. So that's something I definitely see. Um, isolation, like I mentioned in my situation, when I was really tired and fatigued, I wanted to rest. So then I started losing some of my social connections Ooh. that I had previously, you know, made a huge priority in my life. Like my top values are relationships, nature, and creativity. And so all of a sudden, the, the three things that are the most important are starting to take the back burner. And I think that's a really big sign when the things that you care most about are getting pushed away because you're really just in survival at that point. I'm going to assume the painting behind you, if you're on the blog, you can see this. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't, but behind you is a beautiful piece of art. I'm assuming it's yours. It is. Yeah. Thank you. Do you, what I've heard from other artists and creatives, they stop creating or they lose kind of the joy of creating. Mm -hmm. Was that happening for you? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, and it was difficult in a way because it was forcing me to look at my identity and sort through that because um, I had a background as an artist being in art school. And then I went you know, to school for art therapy. So then I'm wearing the art therapy hat and then getting sucked into what we call like a clinification syndrome where everything's about the therapy side instead of the art side. Mm. And really it needs to be a synthesis, you know, in the work that we do. But then in my personal life, it was like I started losing that connection to the creative process as much as I had. It wasn't, um, it just wasn't in the forefront, you know, it was just taking the back burner. And so when I would do art things or when I did do creative things, it just felt like, almost like a have to or a should, mm. you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't coming from within like that, that natural, um, spontaneity that kind of was, was burning, you know, it was a, a fuse blown out. Mm -hmm. Did you notice a shift in your, your autoimmune stuff too, when you were getting burned out besides the fatigue is like, was there a lot of physical kind yeah, of stuff I mean, happening? More stress then the flare-ups come mm -hmm. and, and luckily, you know, like I've done a lot of work around diet and nutrition and lifestyle and stress regulation and movement and body work and all the things there too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I know how not to, because one thing that was really important for me is I didn't want to have to take medication if I didn't have to, like if I could figure this thing out on my own and, um, sure enough, if I got into that burnout cycle and my stress was really high, then I would start having to look at, well, I might have to actually do some yeah. medication or something because this isn't, I'm clearly not managing mm. to be managed. I always say like in the past when I had burnout, I'm always like, if I could just get a grip, you know what I mean? 
and turn the burnout around, you know, of like, I felt burnout for me feels like I lose my grip. Like I just, I can't. Well, yeah, because that's the, that's the central nervous system, like doing what it does well, right? It's saying, okay, we're turning off now. <laughs> yeah. There's no control here. Cause when you say grip, I automatically think of the hand uh-huh. like this desire to control something. Right. And we can't control. Yes. And so it's, it's like a complete letting go. You so know? how did you turn it around? Well, I had to carve a lot of white space, a ton of white space, which, you know, my, my artist self, my inner child, all of the art, like that part, just, she gets so excited by white mm. space and like, just not scheduling so damn much. So okay. saying no, saying no, what did you have to say no to? Social media was a big thing for me. Mm. Like just being, cause there's so online is just so much and my, my soul and, you know, was just craving nature and downtime and, um, things that are sensory and tactile and kinesthetic, not just, you know, my eyes glued to screens. And, um, that's, that was a big piece. I just, I'm not online nearly as much as I used to be. And, and it's really minimal. And, you know, I, at this point I'm like playing with the idea of, oh, okay, I might do this or I might do that. Um, but it's, it's intentional. It's very intentional. And, and did your business survive not being on social media all the oh, time? Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't really do anything with social media. Like I have a virtual assistant that occasionally posts stuff just so that we don't have a dead page. Mm -hmm. But, but quite honestly, like it's a local business. And so people find us locally and Mm -hmm. it's a little different, you know, if, um, if it's an online business, then you want to look at that strategically from a different angle. But for, you know, for my group practice, it really, didn't need it. So can you explain like a tangible of what did carving out white space look like? Oh, I can see it so clearly because I spent a lot of time like crafting a sacred space for myself that just felt really good to be in. And then just being in that space, like I can see myself, you know, sitting in my favorite chair and sitting on the ground and using that time to tune in and journal or, you know, create or just be quiet. I mean, I spent a lot of time sitting outside doing nothing, you know, just staring at trees. Did you block off the calendar? So like you just knew like, I am not scheduling here. Yeah. 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 I got really committed to my, my ideal schedule because I had an ideal schedule since the beginning of my practice but I was super loose with it. My boundaries were just, you know, flexible. It was like Gumby moving things around. And finally it was, you know, like I committed to no clients on Monday, just administrative, you know, so that it, there was lots of breathing space. And then Fridays just being completely committed to like a play day, you know, where that's my creativity development and, you know, clients can work within Tuesday to Thursday and, and, yeah. And then, and then with my contractors also really encouraging them to find a schedule that feels really good to them as well. 
so that, that self-care is a priority for them. Right. So you took not only you shift for yourself, but you shift that in your business and with other people you work with of a value. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with the, with the helping professionals, you know, that I see that really is the foundation. Like the very first step is a lifestyle design of what they really want that to look and feel like. And, and it's in depth, you know, it's not just like an hour activity. Like we spend a lot of time on it because I want them to feel that in their body, like how they want to feel so that they can, you know, get really, really clear on what that looks like. So having gone through this, how did it shift what kind of work you do in your practice? Well, I kind of, I stopped taking um, new therapy clients just because I was, you know, pretty full and really wanted to um, maintain the, the self-care piece and maintain, um, you know, the, the schedule that I described. And so that just meant that I had to continue asking for more support or, you know, outsourcing more. And so, you know, once I had kind of um, hit my capacity for therapy clients and then had hired and then she hit her capacity for therapy clients, then it was a matter of bringing on other contractors. So I think it's really about knowing my limits, you know, and so um, the type of clients that I work with, like I still have um, a small uh, caseload of therapy clients that is, you know, trauma and anxiety and depression. And then the coaching that I do is, you know, more so for uh, designing that lifestyle that you want. So it's for really driven, successful, for helping professionals that aren't necessary. Maybe they're more in the entrepreneur world or they have a little more foundation, you mm -hmm. know, than the therapy client needs mm -hmm. or has rather. Mm -hmm. So how would you help someone under, know or evaluate if they are headed towards burning out? Yeah, I mean, I think that comes from them, right? Like if they're overwhelmed and they're completely spent and they're saying, I'm doing all the things and I can't, I need help, I'm completely overwhelmed. Like they're, because I'm not a huge label diagnosis person. So I don't, you know, as far as the burnout goes, like if they're feeling overwhelmed and they're saying they want more ease and they want more flow and they want to feel better in the work than they're doing, then that's enough for me, you know, for them. Like, okay, clearly you're, you're headed towards burnout. Let's, let's get you in a place that's more intuitive and you're, you're operating from a place that feels playful and joyful and not all of these shoulds like I was doing in the beginning when I wasn't saying no. Right. I no. think, yeah, when I, cause I think sometimes people are doing things that they don't realize will lead to, you know, so that the shoulds, you know, I, I have to do this. And I also think that, um, I was talking about this the other day at a presentation I gave, but that idea of when I hit X amount of clients, things will get better. When I oh, have yeah. X amount in my account, they, but it's sort well, that's of like a problem. I mean, that's, that's the work that we do is because that's the, uh, that is making your, that's an external locus of control. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely not what brings peace, ease, and joy. 
if everything is contingent on what's happening outside of you, then you're giving all your power away. And yeah. that will lead you to burn. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. If you think that you need these things, mm. you know, that's kind of like, I'll be happy when that game, mm -hmm. like all we have is right now. So if someone's listening and they're realizing like, I am, I am, I just can't anymore. In over my head. Yeah. yeah. And they're drowning. What do you want them to know? Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. I want them to know that there's a better way to live. You know, that that really is not, and especially in the helping professional, because burnout is, you know, it's pervasive. It's not just within therapists and health professionals. Like there's the, our lifestyle, our current modern lifestyle is really, you know, not conducive at this time. So we really have to kind of go against the grain at, at this moment and create more of that white space and such, despite everything around us saying faster, harder, stronger. And so I think just reminding people that there is a, there's a different way to live and that part of that is getting really, really honest and clear with yourself about what you value. Because, you know, like I was having a hard time saying no, I wasn't committing and, and staying super clear about what's the most important thing in my life and coming back to that. Because when we come back to that, it's easier to say no. And if we are saying I have to and I should, we're really um, not taking 100% responsibility for designing our life. And it is our job, you know, again, that internal locus of control, like we're the only ones that can do that. I think that's very powerful, that whole control thing and the grips. <laughs> the grips. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about burnout. No, no. I don't think we have anything in common. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, you touched on it in the beginning, talking about the not having faith or trusting. You know, that, that the white space actually is good and that it, it does work out. You know, if when you are focused, like you're saying, and you're being intentional, like trust yourself. Yeah, but that, I mean, our culture, I mean, I see it through the lens of fight or flight, you know, like sympathetic, parasympathetic. Like we live in a culture where people are pretty jacked up in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, caffeine to get up and melatonin to go to sleep. I've done that thing, you know, and it, it's, um, yeah, there's just like, there's a lot of ego in that, like go, go, go. And so if we're not mindful of that, if we're not observant of the fact that like our thinking mind has us going 90 to nothing, 
then again, we can like, we lose perspective of what's important to us. Mm -hmm. And, and that fight or flight place I see as the opposite of trust. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the opposite of, um, just stopping and settling into the here and now and, and being tuned in with something bigger than yourself. You know, you, you like showed that grip of your hand. It's like, it, it believes that we actually are in, in charge. Like we're, we're not in charge, you know, like we, there's, there's a whole natural order of, of life, birth and death. And there's an allowing, we have to allow life to unfold on life's terms and we can do our part, but if we're trying to control everything, then that's where the burnout comes, you know, because uh, we just don't have that much control and there has to be some acceptance of that. How do you think you turning your burnout around has influenced your relationship with clients? Hmm. Yeah, I think that my clients are, are grateful that I've been there, that I get it and that I understand. Um, and I think that it's just made me really grateful for them too, because there was a while, you know, I, I see us learning from each other, you know, and, and just being in that presence, um, of one another to, to be able to keep reminding each other, you know, that this is, um, you know, it's a journey, not a destination. And so there will, there'll be days that maybe, that maybe something is kind of uh, trying to creep back, but you have the tools mm -hmm. you know, and you know that you've, okay, I've been down this path before that didn't go so well. So I really want to slow down and make a mindful decision, you know, when it comes to yes or no, that we've been talking about and not just making an impulsive yes to everything. I think for me, the distance between um, the distance in learning, I think, you know, Oh, I said, yes. And actually I needed to say no, mm -hmm. like that. The learning is getting uh, shorter. I'm yeah. because if, as I continue to be like, huh, is this working? Is it not? And being more intentional about that, like, and you have to have space to think about those things, um, sure. you know, and it is learning. It's learning about you, learning to turn into your, listen to yourself, what your body says, what your. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like the white space for me was, was permission to tune in and the, um, tuning in is, that's why it's so important. Like part of the work that I do for local clients is really about, um, there's nature connecting activities that help them really practice mindfulness in the present moment and listen, you know, to what's happening within so that when they are in a situation that they can understand what that, what that, um, feeling is trying to communicate with them. Not the stories in their mind that kind of create emotions. I'm not talking about those feelings. I'm like, you know, the, the physical sensations and how they can inform, you know, what feels good and what feels right. And, and that just tuning into that deep knowing that, you know, when we get quiet, we can hear. 
And that for me, that's what the nature piece is so important because it's so much easier for me to um, tune in and get quiet in that space versus sometimes like trying to do the formal seated meditation. That can get a little tricky for me. <laughs> so I have to say how much I appreciate the way your perspective and the language you use as well. Mm -hmm. And just being with you and every time I've talked to you, Lainey, it's, you have such a, I just love your presence and how you show up, you know? Oh, well, thank yeah. you a lot. And, and I'm sure anyone yeah. listening can feel that. So if people want to reach out or find out more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? I have uh, LaineySmithCoaching.com for um, the work I'm doing with helping professionals um, both locally and online. And um, my group therapy practice is IntegrativeArtTherapy.net. And I would encourage you to go to Laney Smith Coaching because there's a free guide there. And oh. so if you're interested in a nature connecting activity to help ah. slow down and tune in and kind of listen to that internal GPS, then you can grab that there. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing today. Oh, thank you for having me. And now I need to go download your guide. <laughs> yeah. And please email me and tell me how it goes. I will. Yeah. I will. All right, you guys, if you have questions, you can post in the comments or uh, send us a message and go check out Lainey's coaching and let's work on our burnout. <laughs> All right. Take care. You too. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.